accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. Together, we make up the duo of JJ and Alex. Every day right here, 3 to 7, on the KSL Sports Zone. I have just gotten the absolute... I've gotten an, I've gotten an absolute kick out of reading all the uh, comments in Italian from the Italian Tifosi, the fans from Italy that were... Apparently, the entire country is now against this entire state because of Simone Fontecchio being traded. I look, I mean, you see this periodically, but the Italians don't have a guy to hang their hat on in the league. Like Simone was becoming kind of he was he was carving out a little space for himself, but he got he got too valuable. Got too valuable. Now we're reading all the comments. And uh they are hilarious. But that's part of the deal. We're gonna kick off the hour as we always do. The very first segment that we have at the top of the hour is called the cut. And that, of course, is where we're going to get here our uh, senior NBA writer from NBA.com joining us on the program, Steve Ashburner. Let's get right there. Let's start the show out. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I don't know if Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck weighed out all the, uh, the, the cons considering the Italian uh, backlash that we've gotten here in the state of Utah over the past 24 hours. Steve, thanks for being with us. Uh, your reaction to what the Jazz did for moves? Yeah, um, yeah. I, don't, I didn't realize the, uh, the overseas popularity, I guess, of uh, <laughs> Simone. But, um, uh, you know, they, 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 they certainly you know, adopted, uh, adopted him apparently and uh, in lieu of others that they could focus their attention on. So, you know. Uh, that that's fine. I, you know, I guess um, not real wowed by what Utah did. I think the 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 deal with Toronto to me the most the, the biggest question I have is, you know, Kelly Olynyk um, doesn't seem to fit a uh, rebuilding timeline that that Toronto would seem to be uh, embarking on. I mean, he's a little bit long in the tooth for that. So I'm a little bit surprised by that part of it. Um, Otherwise, I don't think that that's a deal that sends too many shockwaves through uh, through the league, particularly today. Certainly not. But what the Jazz did get out of it was a first-round pick, and it seems to be that, that that's yeah. something that uh, teams around the league really hold in high esteem, and the Jazz were able to get one. Well, and it's with a team that, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people are having a hard time, myself included, trying to figure out what exactly Toronto was doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they're giving away first-round picks, well, that suggests – uh, you know, a, a makeover on the fly. And yet when they're swapping out, you know, legitimate players like OG Ananobi and, and Pascal Siakam, then it's sort of like, well, that, that seems more like a, a step back before you go forward. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's a valuable piece for the, for the Jazz. I agree with you. Lots of guys who were in Jazz uniforms at some point were part of kind of a lot of these big trades. Gordon Hayward going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh Maybe the maybe one that I think that everybody saw that went oh boy the Knicks are making a move, 
But picking up Boyan Bogdanovich and that corner absolute lethal three that he's got, and also Alec Burks in that one, that was that's a huge move for the Knicks who are having one of their best seasons in a long, long time. They're hoping to contend right now. I think the Knicks are the winners of the day, you know, until we see something play out that maybe uh, we're not projecting and, and a player who got traded, um, you know, really takes off. I think the Knicks on paper by, you know, both those guys are, are 20, 20 point scorers when needed. Um, veteran presence, uh, the kind of players that if Detroit had managed to get any traction this season would have been, I think, valuable to that, that operation. Uh, Detroit made a lot of moves uh, today, but I'm not sure that they, they got better at all, either, either immediately or, or short term. So uh, it seemed like they could have gotten more for uh, Burks or Bogdanovich um, than they got today by putting them in one package and, you know, hand delivering them to the Knicks. You know, Steve, for the past couple decades, the Knicks have kind of been a laughing stock in the league, and, and they, they were yeah. known for terrible personnel decisions. Suddenly, they've been very shrewd and smart, and they built themselves something really nice there. And now you look at them as a team that could push in the East to make the finals. What is your impression or what are your thoughts on kind of this turnaround with the Knicks as far as, you know, management and how they run things and where they currently stand? Well, what I really like about it is, you know, they didn't do things in a typical sort of New York wannabe way, which which meant, you know, what you heard about them was that they were acquiring quantity over quality, and then they would trade, you know, four or five guys to get one big star because that's what you have to have in New York, right? You have to have that marquee name. And I was glad to see that that's not how they've done that. They did use assets like Barrett and Quickly and, and Grimes, but um, it wasn't just you know putting everything in, in uh, you know on the shoulders of of one name player. Um, you know these pieces that they've picked up and an OB, you know fits in perfectly with that team. And you know we just talked about Bogdanovich and uh, Burks. Um, I, I think that they have they've sort of raised their their um, ceiling, and you know they found their star in, in Jalen Brunson. Um, they picked him up, you know, relatively easily off the uh, Dallas Mavericks roster. And, you know, that has worked out where they haven't had to then turn around and, and overpay for, you know, a, a so-called, you know, proven star. And I, I'm a Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau guy. Um, I just think that he is uh, – nobody outworks him. He's committed defensively. Uh, he works with the offensive players and, and potential that they have. And um, I just I just think that uh, Thibodeau is a, a big reason why this Nets team of glorified role players is is sort of maxing out. Uh, with Gordon Hayward going to the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, the Thunder are a team that has been absolutely outshining what expectations were, were thought of them. We knew they were getting good, but SGA is phenomenal. Chet Holmgren has turned into already a very, very valuable piece for that team. Uh, they acquire Gordon Hayward. How long is it going to take for this team to really get to the mountaintop here? Is it something that maybe is a, a next-year type deal? Because, you know, Gordon Hayward, obviously his injury is not necessarily going to make him a, a huge part of what this team is doing, at least in the very, very short term. Right. You know, but he's – I mean, he's still got some game left in him. He's 33 now. You know, he's got mileage in the injuries that have always sort of undercut um, what he could do for his teams. But I just think his presence, um, good shooter, probably as good a shooter as they'll, they'll have on that roster at this point. And, um, you know, he comes in, he might get minutes that, that have been going to Josh Giddy. Um, you know, I, I think if, as long as he's healthy and even if he is, 
you know, dealing with some injuries as a presence, as a veteran uh, guy who knows the league for a team that, that still is, you know, awfully young. I think OKC is are they the first or second youngest team in the league still, even yeah. though they're, you know, achieving some victories. Um, I think that's, that's huge for them. And uh, no, you mentioned the other guys, I mean, SGA and, and uh, Chet Holmgren and, and then the Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to append that to his name all the time to make sure that we know who we're talking about. But, now, unfortunately, um, uh, fans around here know all too well about how good Jalen Williams is. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Hayward is, is you know, as long as he's not a, you know, out of sight, out of mind, injured for six months kind of guy, I think he helps that team, you know, on and off. Another name that got moved, uh, Buddy Heald um, from the Pacers, the Sixers. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that move for the Sixers? Well, for the Sixers, I think it's a good thing. I mean, you know, they're rolling the dice. They're sort of up against it. They have to capitalize on on their position at this point this season and with uh joel Embiid, you know sidelined for some some period of time um if not you know if not a a horrific period of time i think that they're you know they're doing what they can um you know the reason he got traded was because he declined a salary extension offer over the summer and indiana thought that they were being awfully uh generous in that offer and when he didn't take it well, they're looking at now and saying, well, what are we going to do? We're going to have to bid against ourselves or we're going to have to go up in the summer when, when things, um, you know, maybe get really crazy. And so it seemed like they'd been shopping him for a while. Um, they made some moves. They, what they got for him, they essentially, you know, kicked to the curb. Um, was it Korkma, Korkmas and, and uh, um, uh, who else came over in that deal? But they, they, they cut guys when they got him today. And really they'll end up with Doug McDermott for Buddy Heald, and yeah. obviously I prefer Buddy Heald as a player, but the contract situation, you know, uh, spoke loud and clear. Yeah, Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round picks in that deal. You're right. Yep. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you is just sometimes the biggest trade deadline deals are the ones that don't happen. Uh, you look at the Lakers <laughs> not doing anything. DeJounte Murray still with Atlanta. Uh, what What was your take on some of the deals that didn't happen today, and who had a chance to help themselves today but didn't? Well, I work out of Chicago, and the idea that the Chicago Bulls did nothing yeah. with um, Zach Levine, um, you know, Andre Drummond, Alex Caruso, and they're headed nowhere. So, I mean, it's it boggles my mind that, that Chicago would be inert, um, not committing one way or the other. I mean, you know, the, they aren't going to go anywhere if they snag a playing spot. You know, their claim to fame last season was, well, we're the team that pushed Miami almost to the brink of elimination in a play playing game. And then the Heat went on to the finals. So somehow the Bulls took that as a, you know, a, a kudo for themselves. But, no, it's it's really silly. I, I said to a friend of mine today, you know how they booed Jerry Krause's widow uh, several weeks ago yeah, um, during the Ring of Honor ceremony? I think some Bulls fans right now want to make the current GM's wife a widow. Um, based Oof. on how badly this team is being Jeez. run right now, <laughs> what, how, what what's the deal there? I mean, we we all grew up with the Bulls of the '90s and Michael Jordan. You know how how everybody here feels about that that era of Bulls basketball, yeah. keeping the Jazz from winning titles. Why is that franchise struggling so badly? I think it's I think it's top down. I think it's yeah. uh, the upper management and ownership of this team uh, doesn't feel an urgency. Um, you know, the owner of the Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf, also owns the White Sox. And it's not like um, the White Sox are doing anything special either, but I think baseball is his first love. 
Um, they're very uh, reluctant to um, make big money moves. I mean, the, the Zach Levine move um, may not have been to ownership's liking, but they made it anyway. Probably spent that maximum contract on the wrong guy. Uh, and, and, you know, also, and this is normally a good thing, um, ownership is incredibly patient with management, good or bad. And these days it's bad. They were, they were patient to a fault with um, John Paxson and Gar Foreman prior to this, and they're awfully patient now with uh, Arturus, Arturus uh, Kornisovas and, uh, and um, oh, Mark um, Everly. And it's just, it's, to me, it's a slap in the face to uh, Chicago fans. I grew up in this town, and, uh, you know, I was a Bulls fan pre-Jordan, and it's just, it makes no sense to me that uh, they expect people to keep showing up paying, paying the prices. Steve Ashburner, senior writer for NBA.com, joining us here on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Uh, Steve, before we let you go here, help Jazz fans yeah. understand what kind of front office they have. And I think that people look at Danny Ainge and just assume he's the guy who wheels and deals and makes these insane, uh, you know, he, you know, he's known for the crazy deals, the big ones, right? But these deals that were made today, I mean, this is a guy and Justin Zanuck, also the GM, who are extremely bright in in, in trying to figure out the best roster situation, but with a really, really young coach with some really good kind of centerpieces to this team, how do you get a superstar to Utah? Well, you've got to trade them or you've got to draft you trade for them or you've got to draft them. I mean, it's not going to be a free agency thing. So one of the, one of the legs of the three-legged stool of team building is gone for teams like Utah, um, you know, Milwaukee generally until you actually have a, you know, proven, uh, system even now. I mean, I don't think they're a big free agent destination. Detroit, um, Minnesota. I worked for years uh, covering the Timberwolves. Same thing. You just don't have the same uh, opportunities to lure those big names just just with cash. Um, and so, you know, it it does make it more important, you know, for teams like that to be mindful of payroll, not to you know go into the tax um, level of uh, of uh, payroll. And you know, I just think I think. I don't know. I like Danny Ainge. I think he's clever. I think he's, um, uh, you know, properly cautious. Um, he seems to have done, you know, some good moves in the past. I mean, uh, you know, Laurie Markkinen is, is a great piece uh, that, you know, Chicago, we just talked about them. They kicked that guy, you know, off to the side. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I, I think that, um, I think the management is there. I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding the right mix. I mean, I thought John Collins was a good pickup. So um, it's just sort of getting it all to uh, coalesce, um, I would say. And I think people are generally happy with Will Hardy, aren't they? Seems yes. like one of the bright young minds. Absolutely. So um, it's just, you know, it, it's there's some ingredient they're going to have to work on, find, or um, grow on their own. Now the trade deadline is over and the dust is settled. We know who teams are moving forward as we uh, go through the All-Star break. There'll be some free agents here and there that come up and sign places. But overall, we know who everyone is now. Who do you think is the favorite to win the championship? Well, I think the the favorite to, the favorites for me for the finals um, are the Boston Celtics in the East and the uh, Denver Nuggets in the West. I, I think Boston is probably a little bit uh, heavier favorite. Uh, if I look at those two teams, just because I think they really they, they have the depth, uh, they can match up against most of their opponents pretty well. Uh, they've got two star wings, you know, in their prime that are, you know, it's time for them to shoulder all the responsibility. Uh, they don't seem to have lost anything by 
uh, trading away Marcus Smart, and then they added a whole new facet to the game with uh, Porzingis. So I just think, you know, uh, with that, with Drew Holiday on board, um, they picked up, you know, Xavier Tillman, not a big piece, but he certainly helps give Al Horford, you know, a blow here and there so he doesn't get run into the ground. Uh, Boston, to me, is my favorite overall. And then I just think I just respect what Denver does. Um, I think Bruce Brown uh, going elsewhere, uh, ding them, and that could hurt them in a playoff run. But um, you got you know, I feel like I, I have to respect Nikola Jokic, who might end up being an MVP all over again. Steve Ashburner walking you through the day of trades, of course, that were on the trade deadline. Very, very busy day for you, obviously. We appreciate you taking some time and coming on with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again, Steve. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Thanks, there Steve. Go. There's Steve Ashburner. I mean, uh, the picture of the league always looks a little, little bit different on uh, tra- on you know the trade deadline. Yeah, days. I think if you're looking at was there the big splash today? No, no I, the, was a, I, the Knicks. There was not as close league. to something the Knicks. The Knicks made yeah, but we're, probably the best move. No, look, we know Bogey and Alec Burks, but I mean nobody around the country is gonna be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the Knicks added Bogey mm. and Alec Burks. You know what I mean? But also, there wasn't you heard like Steve. that seismic like earth-moving deal that's like oh wow ooh, the lakers did this or oh i can't believe that there wasn't that move today and so i want to i I asked him that question and i i nothing changes for me today i still think yeah the nuggets and the celtics are the teams and nobody else besides maybe the knicks and i agree with him they did win the day but maybe nobody but aside the knicks made a move that would help them get closer to contending than the knicks did right and then you heard him so who's who you got in the East, who you got in the West? It's like, yeah, still the Celtics, it's Celtics and, the Nuggets. and the Nuggets, right? I mean, the Nuggets aren't even in first place in the West. You've got three teams yeah, ahead of care. them in the standings. Like, what, are the Nuggets fourth right now? They don't care. They don't care. It's like it's like a cat in a ball of yarn right now. They, they, they're bored. The Clippers are like, that's our move. And the Nuggets are like, yeah, you got to win something before you can uh, do this kind of thing we're doing. It is crazy. Now with Joel Embiid out, and he's going to be out four weeks, he's definitely not going to get to that – 65 game threshold. No. Is it a Shea Gilgus Alexander uh, MVP? Is it Nikola Jokic? I mean, what do you what do you do now? Because the best player in the league is probably Joel Embiid still. Arguably, obviously with Nikola Jokic, but that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know what the MVP race starts to look like now. That 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 part to me is fascinating because you have a lot of I, really good players. Why right are now, we but- not talking about Jason Tatum? But I, 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 I think know. Jokic is probably still there, but Shea is in the mix. If you're looking at a like a top three right now, with now that Embiid is out, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go Jokic, Tatum, and SGA. Okay, how about that? That's your top three. That's my top. It's not three that. It's right not now. like your Heisman vote. You don't have to just do three. Well, and I want to give myself some like leeway. A, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna crown anybody today. Do like the do what the do what that that one Heisman voter did. Because it's anybody across the collegiate level, so why don't you do with that? How about I? How about I give a vote for Simone Fontecchio so no, I can no. I right. can try to ease things a little bit, ease uh, e- ease tensions with right. our friends in Italy. Yeah, that's a, yes, let's, let's, exactly right. Let's do oh, that. Was, oh, you can't get mad at us. How he was our MVP. He was who we voted as MVP. What is what's your problem? Yeah, I'm gonna go Jokic, SGA, and Simone Fontecchio, just so all the Italians <laughs> will get off our back. Just throw in a couple G leagues. I don't want to like get thrown in the Great Salt Lake. No, 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 no. With your dead grandmother. Jeez. Yes. Holy cow. All right. We'll take the break here. We will come back uh, when we do. We got some stuff to jump in on when it comes to the NFL. Of course, the Super Bowl is. 
checks the calendar. We've got today and tomorrow to talk about it. And then Sunday, we got the big game. So there you go. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner, our NFL Blitz. Uh, on top of all of it, we just have so many things to get to. Jake Scott's going to join us at 5. We're going to have a full jazz hour, basically, walking up to the Jazz-Phoenix game tonight. So stay with us right here, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, the, 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 the biggest name. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 EK. So Sports Zone, happy trade deadline day. Uh, I'm with JJ, although I would much rather have the day after the Super Bowl off, have that be a national holiday. We've talked about that, right? We can't have enough holidays. So let's well, start creating more. Well, and look. they should all be around sports now because that's all that matters. Okay, look. Add an 18th game or start the NBA or the NFL season maybe a week later. Because a good chunk of America already has President's Day off, right? That's a Monday. That's the Monday after this one. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So if we just pushed it one week, we wouldn't have to invent a new federal holiday, although I'm okay with that. Right? Let's all – and I think it was – maybe it was Dan Patrick who suggested He's like, why don't we play the game on Saturday? Play the game on Saturday. We've had two weeks off. Play the game Saturday night. You get Sunday, Monday to recover. Nice little three-day weekend. Now, Sunday is, and you know this, J.J., well, you tell me. Sunday is is uh, football on TV on a Sunday is where it's at. A Saturday football game won't get as many eyeballs. You'll just it have, will not. You'll just have way too many things going on. People go to the movies on Saturday night. They go to dinner on Saturday night. America has Sunday off, typically. The, the, exactly. People are at home on Sunday nights which is why the NFL had football games on Sunday in the first place. Right. So, yeah, we're not, let's not reinvent the wheel here. Uh, There's but, no need for that. But Monday off Tradition nice. matters, and, and viewing habits are what they are. Super Bowl Sunday needs to stay on Sunday. Yeah. Super Bowl Saturday doesn't have the same ring to it. No, but I do think that doing – look, all we need to do is push the, the NFL season. We've got college football that we can be watching those first two weeks of the season. Because NFL usually takes over, what, the second week of, of college football? It's the week after Labor Day. Right. And so you push it one more week. We've got college football to kind of just keep our attention a little bit. And then we push everything back a week. We'd already get President's Day off. Every President's Day would be the day after the Super Bowl. That's what I'm all about. All right. Just think about it. Don't give me that. Look, look, those are great ideas. I've got great ideas. Let's do Super Bowl Monday off and <laughs> President's Day off. And President's Day. Because it's February. Yes. Why not? Yeah. Get the official debit cards of the Utah Jazz uh, and the University of Utah Sports, Real Salt Lake, and more exclusively at America First Credit Union. That's America First Credit Union and their official debit cards of the Jazz, the Utes, and Real Salt Lake. Uh, all right, so our NFL Blitz. we got to get to some of these uh, – we got to get to some of these NFL storylines because, frankly, next hour we're going to be rolling out tons of jazz. We don't want to skip anything that that uh, happens in the NFL, uh, especially walking up to the Super Bowl. This one was posed. This question was posed. Let me ask you what you think. 
What are the Jazz going to get in exchange for Zach Wilson? What's he worth? Save me the jokes. I just want to know what, because <laughs> I can make those up in my head. What is Zach Wilson actually worth to this Jets team? It's crazy that uh, how valuable picks are. I mean, you could probably get him for a fifth or a sixth round pick at this point. Crazy, right? That's yeah. how the NFL works. Yeah. And it sounds like a slight to Zach. It isn't. That's, no. just, that's just how it fifth is. Fifth or sixth round in the NFL is like a mid-second round in the NBA, right? Is that yeah, about comparable? Yeah, a mid-day I mean, like- three pick. I mean, so look, let's, let's look at the situation. So Justin Fields... With the Bears, they're probably going to take Caleb Williams. Which Boy, how weird has that gotten? <laughs> I know, right? Which means that Justin Fields is probably available via trade. How much would it take to get Justin Fields? And would you rather have Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? I've heard people say you could get, you could get Justin Fields for a third-round pick. He's a starting quarterback in the league. Yeah. You could get him for a third? Yeah. Wasn't a very good one, though. People do not want to give up their first or second-round picks. They're just too valuable. Agreed. Well... The bottom line is, is Zach Wilson's going to be on a new team. I think that's probably a welcomed situation for both sides. That's what I said. There was some anonymous GMs that gave these quotes to ESPN that are a lot more harsh than I was. About Zach Wilson? About, about, about him not being Zach worth much? Wilson. Okay. Uh, here's one personnel executive said, quote, perhaps a team out there felt stronger about him pre-draft, and that could influence how they value him. Goes on to say, otherwise, maybe they could ask for something on day three, a mid-day three, meaning a pick in the fifth, sixth round range. The scouts said the Jets could get a seventh round pick if they're lucky. <laughs> One of the assistant coaches said, I'd give up a two-week stay to Best Western. I'm wow. not a fan. Wow. But you're right. scorched earth there. Look, here's the thing, too. Here's what you have with – but you know this, too. Here's what you have with GMs in the NFL. You have guys that go – uh, we evaluated him like this, and so we're we weren't the our evaluations weren't the problem. You guys are the Jets as an organization. You yes. guys suck, and so a lot of the GMs will go hold my Red Bull. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make this work because I'm a really good GM. Yes, they'll go. I can make something out of this kid. There are a lot of guys. The egos will get in the way, and they'll make decisions for good or bad based off of. Oh, I could probably make something out of this kid. I, I do think that he's being added to a team to be a backup, absolutely. There's a lot of success stories of players who didn't initially have success at the quarterback position in the NFL, and they land on the right team, right organization, okay. and they flourish. Just recently, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield Bucks. is the number one name now that people are like, that guy turned it around. And, dude, who was walking around Pro Bowl – uh, activities and festivities over the weekend and was a freaking rock star. It was it was Baker Mayfield. Baker is back. He lo- everybody loves that dude. So you got to get a shot. And by the way, are the Bucks his third team? Third team, right? Wait, he, was he, with, he was with two teams last fourth? year. Fourth? Fourth oh, yeah. team? So he was obviously he would Oh, it was the Panthers was, and the Rams. He was picked for the Browns and then last yes. year he was with the Panthers and the Rams. And he wasn't supposed to be the starter either either one of those teams. No, no, he wasn't. He and got, a lot of people thought he was going to be out of the league. Ooh. So he goes to the Bucks, and they're like, that's all we can kind of afford. You let him right to now. the playoffs. <laughs> I know. He's back. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's, uh, he's back. How about Steve Young? <laughs> how many people know Steve Young played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Creamsicles, man. That's when he, they were It was the a nightmare there. And then he gets out of purgatory, goes to the 49ers, sits for a while behind one of the all time greats, and then he becomes one of the all time greats. Yeah. Organization, coaching, opportunity all lined up for him. 
get Zach Wilson somewhere where he can thrive. We'll see. I don't know. I was listening to an interview with uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and you forget how much of a bad situation that those two dudes inherited. Yeah, They inherited such a bad uh, – uh, just an absolute mess. And it was a mess because they were not very good as a team. They were losing a lot. Uh, they had the political situation with uh, – with Colin Kaepernick, and who saved him? Jimmy freaking Garoppolo, who was, by the way, kind of just that career type of backup. He was Tom Brady's backup. You remember he won like four games at the end of that first season that he came in for, who was it, C.J. Beathard or whoever he and replaced? And he made millions because of it. And he, it was the richest contract in NFL history at that point. Five years, 125. Now it's a joke. Five years, 125. Now it's like, psh, give me 250. Anyway, it's just it's crazy the turnarounds that can happen. Uh, you said that this was more of a move for Chip Kelly to negotiate with uh, UCLA to get an extension. Chip Kelly apparently interviewed for the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator job. So you're telling me it would be it would be a oh it'd be like a reunion of so who does it, who do they have up there right now? You've got the youngest coach in the the, the youngest coach in the league at the, at the head coach position. Right, you've got a brand new staff basically on both sides. Chip Kelly actually would not be a bad hire, I don't think, for for the Seahawks. I wouldn't hate it. If there's the only thing he's good at is the offense. That's it. Right. So go in and kind of know your role and be that guy. I think what he's trying to do, Mike McDonald, the new head coach of the Seahawks. I'm not sure about his other coordinator hirings if he's made any yet. He's only only had the job for less than a week now. But uh, I, Chip Kelly, I think, why does he keep coming up with all these NFL jobs? It's not because he, I don't think he wants to go back to the NFL. I think he's better fit in college. I think he's trying to get off the hot seat at UCLA. He's trying to force them to, to give him an extension because he's on the hot seat at UCLA. He, under, and he you know underperformed what? this year for sure. They did underperform, and now he's going into the Big Ten. They're going to get shellacked. They're, it's going to be – they might be the new Rutgers. <laughs> they might the, lose the Rutgers. To Rutgers. The I Rutgers don't even know of, if it's on their oh, schedule. Oh, yeah. The I Rutgers mean, of the West, bro. You think USC and Washington, Oregon will do fine. I'm just not sure mm. UCLA is going to be able to thrive there. And if you're uh, UCLA and you're trying to make a splash and you're in this Big Ten and you're the you're the worst of the four Pac-12 teams that join the league, <laughs> you're probably going to make a coaching change. And so I think that uh, Chip Kelly is trying to get some job security uh, at UCLA, I'm not sure how serious he is about getting back into the NFL, but I could be wrong. Okay, let's take another break here. We've got we so many so many storylines for tomorrow too. Uh, oh, we'll hit the Super Bowl hard tomorrow. Super Bowl is going to be big time tomorrow. So on the tr- NBA trade deadline day, obviously a lot of this stuff gets kind of uh, put to the back burner. But uh, yeah, oh, don't want to miss this one though. Brian Johnson, yes. former Utah. Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, great, and also. Uh, just got let go from that offensive coordinator position for the Philadelphia Eagles. He, Philadelphia Eagles. He just found a spot on the coaching staff down there at uh, at Washington with the Commanders. He will not be the offense coordinator, no. but according to this report from Pro Football Talk, he will have a prominent offensive role on the Washington Commanders staff. So, can you not say quarterbacks coach because he's not quarterback coach? He's not been. He has not been named the quarterback. Now coach. it's a sexy thing now in college to say he's the run game coordinator, the passing game coordinator. Yeah, stay tuned on that. We'll right. find his role soon, I'm sure. Okay, All but right. he will be with the Commanders. Great news for Brian Johnson. 
who interviewed for head coaching jobs this year, and that looked to be his trajectory, but obviously things got weird in Philly. Sirianni had to save his own butt, man. Yeah, I, what a mess. So weird. Okay, we'll take a break. We've got tons more to go on the program today. We'll come back right here, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Stay with us. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Countdown's on, guys. Hans and Scotty are going to be on Monday helping you through your Valentine's Day at Jimmy Flowers. Jimmy Flowers, 2840 Hillfield Road in Layton. When it comes to Valentine's Day, you got to think flowers, of course. And when you think flowers, you think Jimmy's flowers. Uh, you know what's funny is that I, I always love in my neighborhood the Jimmy's Flowers trucks because I live up that way. And they have locations in, in Bountiful and, and Layton for sure. And, like, when you see the truck pull onto the uh, pull onto the street and make like multiple stops, you're like, the advertising's working. Yeah. Not only that, guys are desperate to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Are you? Is that you? Are you stuck in that every year? Are you? Uh, does your wife have high high expectations for you on Valentine's Day? She has no expectations of me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's. You made After it sound years like of you being made it disappointed. <laughs> she's just kind of. You made it sound like. It was a mix between She's her just come being to accept very... the fact that I suck. <laughs> uh, you can make up for it, buddy. We've made Valentine's Day a family day. Okay. Takes the pressure off. Uh, my wife is 100% candy. Like, not the chocolates really? in the heart box. It's just like, give me the full-on every gummy you can find. Gummies? This... Yes. Okay. But that's like on a like, normal not day. Not gummy gummies. Not, not the... Uh... Not adult gummies. <laughs> Excuse you. What kind of gummies what are, are we you talking about? Look, I know this. I know that the uh, Super Bowl is in Vegas. You don't have to talk like Vegas, bro. Come on. I'm just <laughs> trying to be clear. I'm, I'm trying to help you. I don't the, want you going on radio. The gummy gummies? Tell, like, telling everybody geez. in Utah, Western Wyoming, Southern wow. Idaho, wow. and Eastern Nevada that, that my your wife wife's enjoys into gummies, gummies for Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay? It's 2024, Alex. How dare you? We have to differentiate. And no. make clear no, no, no. what kind of gummies trolley. your wife is. Okay, trolley. thank you. Thank the, you. Everybody like, knows what trolley gummies Haribo. are. Haribo. Haribo. All right. Peach rings. Yes. Okay. All of those. Okay. Any of the Maverick brands. Good. Just want everyone out there to know Alex's wife isn't into those kind of gummies. <laughs> I got some CBD gummies over the holiday. You're like, geez. Settle down, dude. Relax. Everybody's got that person who's preaching about the uh, the adult gummies. Get out of here. All right. Uh, I don't even know what that's what you call it. Do you call them adult gummies? Adult we, gummies. I don't it know what I'm doing like, here. It makes it sound like it's a scrambled channel when you were 13 yeah, years it may, old. It makes it sound like something you should not be able to, to purchase in Utah. adult gummies. You must be 21 or older to purchase. <laughs> uh, all right. Next hour, we got a full jazz hour that we're going to be rolling yes. out of Jake Scott giving us his thoughts on the trade deadline and also, of course, getting you ready for this jazz Phoenix game tonight. It's always interesting to see how the team reacts uh, to those trade deadlines. And, of course, the Jazz are going to be shorthanded because of the moves that they had made 
And, you know, you ship guys off. That's the nature of all of it. That's the nature of what happens. Um, but I do, I do wonder, I do wonder, like, out of all the things that had happened, you know, on days like this, you know, these guys, like, it was pretty well known how Kelly Olenek was at shoot-around in the gym and the GM of the Pistons was like, hey, can you come talk to me for a minute? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, awesome. He thought he was t- he was going to talk strategy. You're going to Utah today. That's how quick it was. And this is a guy who's been on a lot of teams. So, But I don't think it gets any easier, especially when you are making some strides. And uh, I know he's Canadian. So going to Toronto might have its uh, benefits, but at the same time, it's kind of uh, it's a tough one. Uh, I did want to bring up some numbers, money wise, for you. Okay, we've been very interested in what these college football, what the big conferences are bringing in money wise. Now, here's the thing: full disclosure, these guys they have to disclose what the money kind of distribution is at the end of everything, but it's about a year late. So right now we're hearing about the numbers from last season in the SEC and the Big 12, or in the Big 10. The Big 10 is not going to uh, – you're not going to see those numbers for another week or two. But the SEC, according to records, has distributed a record number of $741 million to its 14-member universities, which equates to just over $52 million per school. Uh, that is after a full year of – $893 million in revenue. The actual number that they are going to distribute to the schools comes from that $745 million pot. But that's going way up. They're trying to aim for $1.1 billion in the year to come. We won't know next we won't know the year that just finished. We won't know that number till this time next year. And so in two years we'll kind of be, but they're like, we are well on pace for that one point to $1.3 billion we want to be at in two seasons. That's almost doubling what their revenue is right now, but with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. And by the way, J.J., after all this, the Big Ten is expected to be significantly more than even the SEC with this number this year. How much of that goes to the players? Let me see. Carry the one, zero. Next time you get huffy and puffy and critical of players getting money for NIL and all these other things and – and players getting trucks. $893 million. A player gets a lease for a truck. They don't actually get the truck. They're getting a lease for the truck while they're attending the school. Okay? They don't own the truck. They get a lease for it. They're six-month leases, by the way. Yes. Not, not so long people ones. know. Like, the, the whole truck thing at Utah, they're not given the trucks. True. And then they can sell them back when they're done with them. It's a lease. Yep. Next time you criticize these athletes for NIL and, and guys getting paid, whatever, Remind yourself how much money the schools are bringing in, how much the conferences are paying out oh, to yeah. these schools. This is where just... does that money go? Does it go to the players that actually are on the field making it happen? Which is why we watch. We're not watching for any other reason, <laughs> right? What do you okay. mean for a hundred years, Christian? What does that mean for a hundred years? It's been this way. Oh, since you're saying for it's tradition. Years. No, no, no. Well, the schools have been making money on the players' backs I know. for 100 years. And the players have – so, the yeah, the tradition. players have not been able to get anything but it's tradition. since this started. <laughs> okay, stop it. Okay, those of you who are criticizing the players for getting anything, stop it. These schools, these administrators, who knows where this money's going? Well, It's not going to the players, and that's the whole reason why the money exists right. in the first this place. Is, this is not ticket sales. Like that, Okay, by the way, each one of these schools – 
you can add another 25 to $30 million in some cases of the big ones of revenue that they're adding on top right. of it. When we saw Texas Athletics by itself pulled in $280 million as an athletic department last year. so You see some athletic director or some athletic administrator wearing a $20,000 suit with a bolo. <laughs> with a bolo. You know what I mean? Are you talking about, are you talking about old money? You're talking about some of that Southern old money? Well, I don't think it's old money. I think it's... I think it's hey, CFP money. Listen, listen. The amount of money of these that are that's being distributed to these schools is nothing. Compared to what the TV side of things, it's worth it to these TV partners by a factor of they're like, this is amazing for us. Of course it is. And the deal is just made by ESPN, Fox, and, uh, and Warner Brothers. It's only going to make it even better, even bigger. It's going to make it even more accessible the amount of money they're going to be able to uh, make off of this themselves and then distribute to the schools that they have as part of their partnerships is going to be huge over the And they're years. making it off the players. So don't get huffy and puffy about these players making money. Stop it. They deserve this. They deserve as much as they can get. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Jake Scott, pre-half and post-game host, of course, on the Jazz Radio Network, uh, going to talk to us about the trade deadlines and uh, thoughts on what the Jazz did move-wise for today. Uh, and what tonight's game looks like versus the Phoenix Suns. Yes, the Jazz are playing the Suns tonight. They've been down in Phoenix for the last couple of days, and uh, they had to ship off a couple of their teammates today. So we'll talk to Jake Scott about that of Jake and Ben fame every day, 10 to noon right here on the KSL Sports Zone. We'll come back, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.